Thunderbolt Strange. Welcome to the Thunderbolt Strength Podcast. This is Bryant Hankins. I have my co-host Molly. Hey, Bryant. And Kevin. Good morning. Today we have Jeanette Stambaugh, owner of Yorkville CrossFit, and Arian Kinsella, owner of CrossFit Mischief. We'll learn about the challenges and rewards of owning a CrossFit gym. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome. So we thought the best place to start might be just talking about how you guys got started in CrossFit. So maybe Arianne, if you want to start. Sure. What's your your fitness journey. All right. So I started my whole entire life. I've always been playing sports, whether it was gymnastics, horseback riding, something. Um, and then after college, I started going to a global gym and had my own routine, was doing my own thing. Realized I started hitting a plateau. Wasn't It wasn't fun anymore. And that's when my boyfriend, now my husband, Tom, at the time, he's like, you got to try CrossFit. I just got into this. It's awesome. And I'm like, uh-uh, no way. I'm like, this is so intimidating. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, And um, he's like, just come for one class. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll try it out. And I did, and I got hooked. Like, immediately, I loved the competitiveness. I loved the community. And now I've been doing CrossFit for five years. That's awesome. So. I think it's very interesting that... We have the husbands to thank here because I was also the first one doing CrossFit that got <laughs> really? Molly started. Yeah. So I don't know. Jeanette, do you, do you have a similar story? Yeah, I was actually um, not in sports as a kid ever. I was just sort of an average, you know, growing up with kids, you know, growing up, raising my kids, that kind of stuff. And um, I, you know, went to a regular global gym type of thing, you know, worked out Monday, Wednesday, Friday skipped cardio days, stay home and drink wine, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and that's important. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, I actually was a personal trainer for a long time, and I worked at um, a powerhouse gym. Can I say that? Yeah. And you can say that I on was this a podcast. Personal <laughs> 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 uh, so I worked there as a personal trainer, and, um, you know, after a while, like Arianne said, you, you just you kind of get bored with whatever you're doing. So we um, – my son actually went to CrossFit and he said, mom, you, you know, you really got to try this. Like you would really love it. And I was like, ah, I'm like, I'm old, you know, it's 39. I'm like, I'm not, I can't even do a pull up, you know? And he's like, no, 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 you would love it. You would love it. So sure enough, I went and my husband was actually making fun of me because I told him, I'm like, I worked out for nine minutes and I almost died. And he was like, no, you're, you're just a baby. Like you're weak, you know, just giving me a hard time. So I'm like, oh, well, guess what? I signed you up for 530 tonight. You're going too." he was like, Jeanette, <laughs> why do you do this to me? And I'm like, you're going. So he, we went and he loved it. He, you know, had a blast that night and we were hooked ever since. That's awesome. I think it's really interesting to hear CrossFit gym owners were also like intimidated by CrossFit in the beginning. Cause I think so many, people look at CrossFit and they're like, oh, I can never do that because I'm not strong enough or I'm not that, you know, elite or intense enough. But it's sort of like we all went through that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in the weights, like for me was the biggest thing that really intimidated me. I was like, they're, they're throwing weights over their heads right. and these plates look huge. I'm like, I don't even know how much they have on there. I'm like, I can't do that. And then I got in there and I'm like, oh, you, I can. Yeah. And that's the cool part. Yeah, the cool part for me was, you know, because I was never very athletic before. I mean, like I said, I just lifted weights. That was really basically all that I did. So realizing, like, that there's modifications for things that you can't do. So, like, for pull-ups or, you know, those things that are a little bit more high skill that you've got that 
um, option that you can scale that a little bit. And then what did it look for you guys, look like for you guys going from I'm just a normal member working at a CrossFit gym to I want to become an owner? Was that like an immediate thing or it over time it developed into that? So I guess Ariane. Um, for me, it was over time. So once I started becoming, I was an athlete, I was a member, um, I really liked just trying to absorb as much information as possible. Um, and then I started just picking up on different cues and I, I was really interested in coaching and I started shadowing probably within like six months right into it. And then that I did that for a, a long time and then I started coaching like classes here and there because I still had a full-time job um, in the corporate world. And I left the corporate world to go into fitness because I realized that was my passion. Um, so I was a marketing director at a sports performance gym. Um, from there, it led into an opportunity where I could manage a CrossFit. And I really, really enjoyed that aspect of interacting with people um, and then also doing the marketing and kind of running everything. But I really wanted something more. And so that's yeah. really what led me into opening up my own gym. And that was about mm, a year in a few months, a year and a half ago, wow. where Tom and I were like, let's do this. We want to open up our own. And now we have one. Yeah. What did like friends and family think when you said, hey, we're, I'm going to run a gym. I'm opening a gym. Was it people were supportive or they thought you were crazy or <laughs> both? Yeah. Um, so kind of my parents know that like once I have my mindset on something, it's going to happen no matter what they say. Um, but everyone was really, really supportive. Like a like friends were coming by to help paint and set up the rig and do everything. And it was great to see like that happening. And my family was just like, whatever you need, let us know. And I mean, Tom owns his own business. He's a chiropractor at Spark Chiropractic. And uh, he's like, well, you know what you're getting into because we've already opened a business before and whatever you need from me, I'm going to support you 100% because this is your passion. And let's just go from there and see what happens. All three of you could answer this, but how hard is it to make a living as an affiliate owner? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Jumping in with the tough questions. So, I, uh, I was giving them softballs. <laughs> to, to answer your question in one way, um, I just got done cleaning my own bathrooms. So um, there's a lot. Of, <laughs> right? So <laughs> we clean. I, I'm assuming you guys are in the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we're not at the point where we're hiring out to have somebody do the cleaning for us yet. Um we here are at a point where we're making a profit, um, but that took a while. Yeah, I would agree with that. We, I definitely clean my own bathrooms and mop the floors and do all of that, you know, labor part of it. The other part of it that I think um, maybe people don't realize is that there's an emotional part of it because you're taking care of people. And if you're not a... Um, if you're not the kind of person that can care easily about other people, I think this would be a really hard business to be in and be profitable because people are attracted to that. People want to know that you care and they want to know. So I'll answer texts at 10, 11 o'clock at night when I've got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to coach 5 a.m. And sometimes those texts are not okay or little. sometimes it's, you know, I'm having a really hard time and my um i'm having a hard time making it to the gym i'm having a hard time with motivation and that might be a 30-minute conversation at 11 o'clock at night so if you're not prepared for that part of it i think that 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 is definitely a, a real for me anyway it's a very big part of it i absolutely agree with that that is a huge the emotional support that you need to give out no matter what it is um and 
people come to you with all sorts of, you know, concerns or um, things that are going in their lives and you just, yep. you're there for them. Um, and that's, that's also the great part about CrossFit and the community building. It's, it's nice to be like, there is someone there to help me and to be like, I helped that person through something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I, I think that's probably maybe one of the benefits of being a woman business owner because mm-hmm. in, the, in reality, women are more empathetic than men. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. they're a little Absolutely. better at giving that emotional support, which is, you don't realize it, but that's a big part of like, getting through a CrossFit yeah. workout and uh, am I looking fat or whatever? Am I, am I gaining muscle and being disappointed in how things are going and talking people through that? Molly and I always talk about this where you know, so my job, I'm in front of a computer all day. So when it's the weekend or the evenings, I'm like, let's go out and see people and hang out and do stuff. And she's like, I've been with people all day. Like, I want to just like veg out and watch mm-hmm. a show. And it's yeah, that absolutely. different, I get that. you know, you yeah. need to disconnect. Yeah, agree. Agree. You, and you do need time to yourself because you are giving a lot out. But at the same point, it's definitely rewarding. Yeah. Um, one thing about, for me at least, starting up the business, um, what Tom and I did was try to go to Craigslist, try to constantly look at Facebook Market to get different equipment that way. And we made a list of everything that was really important for us that we wanted first. So very small, like starting out very small. And then gradually, as we made more money and got more members, we add more equipment on. So we weren't burying ourselves in the very beginning. Um, and that really helped us out to be more stable and make a profit. Yeah, we did that. We did that exact same thing. We started off, you know, we had equipment for the athletes that we had at the moment. And then as we grew, we added, you know, different things, barbells or whatever to have enough for everyone. I always thought that was the best um, indicator of the kinds of people that become affiliate owners because there's not a ton of money in CrossFit. No, there's not. And, you know, you make do with everything. And the big thing is you're in there for the people. Yeah. 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 And other side, flip side of that is as well, um, one of the things that keeps me driven to make money is the people that I'm helping. So um, when it comes to that point, um, I know what my mission is, and that gives me the fire to, yes, charge what I'm worth. Because I know these people, not only my athletes, but also the coaches at my gym and the people that are part of our gym. This is what I'm making money for. It's not just myself. And that that's a vision that, you know, helps me, I guess, charge what I'm worth. Yeah, I totally agree with that, too, because I think that it's important to keep the place that you have running well. And you can't do that unless you're making some kind of money. You know, I mean, it takes money to run a business and you're doing it for those people. I cannot imagine if I close my doors and I think about all of, you know, our members and it would I it, it would break my heart to, you know, and not be there for them. So I think that that's really, really a good point. Yeah. And I think that whole making a profit and making money is one of the big misconceptions about CrossFit, especially from members or people that are in They're like, oh, well, you know, Crunch Fitness is $10 a month and, you know, CrossFit, I'm paying whatever, 160 a month. They think, oh, they've got to be like bringing in the big bucks because it's such a high, it seems like a high rate. But if you know you're comparing it to personal training, obviously it's, it's not so high. And then it gets spread out across all these things and the cost of the building and all that. But it's just funny because I think it's a big misconception. They're like, oh, you know, they open the doors and they're rolling in it because of these high, you know, whatever rates. Um, but it's just, there's, there's the, the, what people think and then the reality. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to take it back to Jeanette because I don't think we heard about how you got started in the business aspect. Well, you know, my husband and I, we just have always loved fitness. And I think we're probably a little bit older than most of you guys. But 
Um, so for us, you know, when we when we first started, it just kind of it it really just kind of happened out of the blue. The gym that we were going to had moved all the way across town, and at that time, the construction was going on. By the time he would have gotten home, we never would have been able to make it to that gym. So we just started working out out of our house. And, um, you know, friends of our, not friends that had ever done CrossFit before, were like, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, like, oh, we, you know, we're working out. Well, what do you do? And, oh, well, I want to try it. It kind of started to happen. So pretty soon we had people working out in our garage. And I said to my husband one night, I go, this is kind of risky, you know, like this, this could go, you know, sideways real fast. So I said, you know, maybe we need to like really think about what we're doing and, you know, kind of, and again, I had that personal training background. So it wasn't a, like, I just was, you know, doing something else and then decided, Hey, I think I'm going to go coach CrossFit. I mean, I had a fitness, you know, background in that. So we looked into getting our L1 just so that, just so that we knew what we were doing. Cause you don't, you know? And so, um, we started doing it in our garage and within a couple of months we had too many people for our garage. And so we started looking at, um, commercial locations and our mission really, when we opened our gym was that we wanted normal everyday people to know that they could do CrossFit. It, you didn't have to be a certain body type or you didn't have to be young or you know you could be any shape and any age and still do CrossFit so I think that what we do really well is that modification and that scaling for any person and whether that's an injury or you know someone who hasn't worked out in 30 years or you know whatever that is our oldest athlete is in his mid-60s so we have um actually i think we have one a little bit older than that now but um but that's kind of what we love we love bringing crossfit to just to people that thought that they could never do it before that's awesome um question from me i've our gym here is l very largely female and i was curious if that's because i'm a female gym owner i was wondering what your percentages are we have more women. More women, and I think that I think that is it's maybe because it's less intimidating to have a woman owner and be able to talk to a woman um, for other women because you know you walk in and if there's a lot if it's a bro sash and they're lifting heavy weights and throwing things around you're just like oh my god I've never <laughs> even lifted five pounds before or whatever it is you know yeah. um, so I think that helps yeah we are well, almost equal. That's cool. We that are is cool. almost equal, but I think it's because we have a lot of couples. Okay. And wow. so I think that we just sort of tend, because Mark and I are couple-y, you know, so I, I just think that we have a lot of couples, so it makes it pretty even. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So when you guys were getting started, did you have uh, mentors or other business owners that you looked up to or learned from, or how did you... So it's one thing to be an athlete, right? I'm going to go in, I'm going to work out, whatever. It's a totally different thing to be, I'm a business owner, and now I have to deal with finances and marketing and, and all the other stuff. Did you, how did you learn that stuff? Was it just trial and error, or was there uh, a group or other people that you kind of helped were there to guide you? Um, so Tom and I, we reached out to a number of different CrossFits. So he had, he was in business for about three years already. Um, so financially he kind of understood how to do the books and things like that. But some of the things we, we didn't know about opening up a gym because it is different. Um, and I mean, we reached out to Molly, talked to Molly and Scott a lot. 
we reached out to uh, Mike Vile at Amplify, sat down with him and had a meeting. So we tried to get as much information as possible of just what should we do? What shouldn't we do? How did it work for you? Um, and a little bit is trial and error. You try something, you're like, oh no, we can't do that. Or you try something, you're like, that worked out great. Um, and so it definitely helped having that support. I feel like in the CrossFit community, um, there is a lot of supports among the owners and that's awesome. Um, on Facebook, there's different membership groups. Um, there's a women only one that we're in. There's a few different other ones that have everyone in it. And it's just great to go through the feeds and just be like, they have the same problems as me. And it's, it's not just me or it's this is happening. So it's great to have that support. We winged it. <laughs> well, you so, guys have been around the longest of all of us, right? You said five years? Yeah, yeah. it'll be okay. five years in October. And we, um, we literally, and I, I ran businesses before. So, I mean, I just kind of was like, oh, we could do that, you know, and just kind of winged it. But I will say that um, one of the local box owners, and they're no longer in business right now, they actually reached out to us and they were amazing. They, you know, kind of told us some things that we, you know, probably didn't know that we needed to know. And um, if I ever had any questions, they were awesome about, you know, giving us information and stuff like that. And then as we, you know, sort of grew and got to know other box owners through, you know, doing different events and things like that, those owners have also been helpful. And if there's ever a question, I know I can call Molly or Ariane or Rebecca over at Sugar Grove. And, you know, I mean, just just having that support, I think, is so amazing. We didn't have that when we first opened because we didn't really know a lot. And there wasn't a lot of boxes then when we all opened. So, I mean, we, d we just we didn't have that. But it's it's been awesome. Now, like you said, the, f the Facebook group, especially the, I think the ladies CrossFit group is super, super helpful. How do you guys balance, because I, I see this directly in, in my life with Molly, running mm -hmm. the gym and everything else in your life? So where do you draw the boundaries? Do you say, okay, it's whatever, six o'clock, I'm not going to focus on the gym for four hours? Or how do you draw that line? And it's hard as any kind of business owner, right? So I see that, you know, I'm an IT business owner and I can always be checking email. I can always be doing programming. So do you guys have rules that you follow or you're like, I'm just going balls out and... You know, there's I no kind rules. Of like I, you know, like I'm a get get it done now. Like I don't like to procrastinate. So if I have a new athlete contact me at nine o'clock at night, I'm right back to them. I mean, immediately. I just I feel like it's it's just in my nature that I just want to like connect and be respectful. That maybe that's just their schedule that they only have nine o'clock at night. You know, so I don't know. I I just kind of get it done. I mean all day every day and then when i have you know people are respectful they're like our members they know they're like oh they're you know they're on vacation this week so they try not to you know get a hold of me and stuff like that i'm the same way so uh tom is my person who will be like arian put your phone down <laughs> arian we're on vacation <laughs> you are not checking your emails he is literally the person that is constantly there in my ear being like you need to take a break you're taking a break. Wow, I didn't know you could do that. I gotta be more uh, like, <laughs> no. It doesn't work always. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bad. I, I definitely am responding to emails very quickly and things, but one of the things I've been working on is setting up systems so that um, things can run, and that helps me relax too. If I know that this person's taking care of that, 
Um, like, for instance, we were just ramping up a kids program over the summer um, now that we have all this space to do so. And I am bringing up coaches that are going to be able to take that program. I'm involved with it right now, but it's something I want to be able to hand off. So, I mean, I know I check my email a lot, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. But I'm working. It's hard. Yeah. It, it is hard. The setting is, up yeah. systems is one of the ways. Yes. That helps are great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're in that same process right now. I've got um, one of our athletes who she's actually been doing CrossFit longer than any of us, and she's only 21. And uh, so she's actually also my future daughter-in-law oh <laughs> wow <laughs> but she's um helping me do like social media and um she writes our um weekly blog and you know she's taking care of some of the cleaning for me now and so handing some of that stuff off i think is really um the key to keeping you know your center a little bit I think that's really important. Um, I know that we have now, we're actually in the process of training a new coach. And so giving, for me to give away more hours so that I can spend it on, you know, the admin stuff and reaching out and the, you know, member connections and things like that that are really important as well. Because if you put that on the sidelines, you know, the business starts lacking some I think because we're probably pretty, you know, like we're, we're the same way like and I know Molly are the same way too like we want to handle everything because we know we can get it done and we want but I think that you have to stop and fill your own cup a little bit hand those things off that other people can do and trust that they're you have to trust the people that you're giving those jobs to and then you retain what is most important to you right because everybody has those things that they do best right so that way you could focus on those mm -hmm. but as related to that question with not having any boundaries, have any of you ever been felt close to burnout or, or at a point where like, I don't want to go to the gym tomorrow or just had a really bad day and you're like, why am I doing this? Or ever thought about closing the gym or anything like that at that level or no? I have not okay. yet. No, I, it, I'm sort of filled by people yeah. and that gives me energy. So I like that. Um, I like taking care of things and people and stuff like that. So that actually makes me feel good. And it, I don't ever really feel that way. I mean, I'm tired sometimes. I coach at 5 a.m., but I don't ever feel like I've had burnout yet. Oh, good. Um, I wouldn't say burnout. I've had those moments where, oh, my God, I have to take a break or I have to step away or, Tom, we have to go on vacation. Um, and that's typically when it's big events are going on, yeah. um, like the open, and you're doing so much all the time and you're trying to make everything run smoothly or planning a competition um there's a lot of different organizations that go into play and then you're also running the business and you're still doing everything there so it's just a lot on the body um but it's normally like if it is a, like a day or something and it's like a breakdown and then it's like the next day i'm like ah, i'm fine let's do this, this exactly this. yeah and systems help that too because Absolutely. the more competitions that you put on like it you know you just go through it and then the same thing for the open too. You know, you just you figure it out, right? Yeah. Well, that leads me to because you guys are like the grand poobah experts about competitions. Oh. So I want to hear about. <laughs> we've never done a competition, and and to be honest, I don't know that it's really it's not a um, driving force for me personally. But I think it's so cool to see what you guys have done. So talk to me about competitions. Sure. Um, so we actually never planned on doing competitions. Like it wasn't in, you know, we're like, ah, maybe a year, two years into it. The first one at Standard Market, um, they actually brought up the idea. And we're like, well, 
let's do this because this is an awesome opportunity. Um, and then same with Revolution Brewery. Um, they came to us and they said, you know, we had a member who was high up in the company and he's like, we could do a competition here. And we're like, we can't pass this up. Let's do this. Um, a lot of organization goes into it. A lot. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> so much planning. I mean, I, when we do our competitions, I start planning in December. Usually our competitions are in May. And I mean, I could probably get it done a lot quicker, um, but I don't like that. I like to plan a lot. <laughs> so Same. again, I'm not a procrastinator. So I already, you know, kind of have in mind of what I want to do for the following year, almost immediately after that competition is over. So, um, and we do it because it's fun for our athletes. It's fun for local athletes. Um, I think, or I guess I hope that our competitions, um, are sort of geared toward beginner and intermediate type of athletes. Not that we haven't had elite athletes, because we have, um, but we try to keep the standard so that the basic CrossFitter can do them, and it's fun for them. So, um, I mean, I guess the, the biggest thing is just, you know, having the standard things in place so that year after year, you, you don't get overwhelmed by that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, if you're, if you go into it and plan ahead and be organized, it'll run smooth. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it, just like any other big event, like planning a wedding or anything like that, things are going to go wrong. Yep. And as long as, you know, you don't freak out, you overcome it and you think of a solution, it's going to be fine. As long as the athletes are having a good time, the judges are having a good time, um, and everyone's on the same page. That is the biggest thing um, this year that I really focused on with my judges was that everyone knew the workouts, everyone had done the workouts, and they knew what they were doing, they knew what the standards were. Um, so that helped, and everyone was very supportive. And it was cool to see the new members see competitions because they never saw one before. I think that the judging is the hardest part in that, you know, keeping that consistency across the board. But also, too, I think that it's CrossFitters in general are pretty go with the flow. You know, they they know that things are going to happen. They know that, you know, a, someone's going to mess up on a judging call or something like that. And they're Absolutely. understanding, you know, they're not. I don't think that they get that upset about it unless they're unless they're you know, going to the games. Right. I don't think they do. Um, I think it's, you know, everyone, they know that there's human error that's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so as some, we've never done a competition for profit. Everything we've done has been uh, charity based. Um, so I'm wondering if competitions make money. Are they profitable? You can make money um, off of competitions. Uh, what we do is we use a lot of the money that we make to go back into the equipment for the gym so I can get new things. So I try to incorporate, like, this time we got the strongman sandbags um, and then other sandbags, and now my members can use that. And so they get excited to see that. Same, exactly the same thing. All of the money that we make for a competition, like, we don't get to go to Mexico on that, you know? <laughs> that would be nice, though. <laughs> it would be, yeah. <laughs> We're buying, you know, airlines and things like that. So we've we've been able to buy sandbags. We've been able to buy bikes. We've been able to buy rowers, that kind of stuff with um, the money that we've made off of competition. So, so talking about competitions, how do you balance out uh, competitive athletes with your normal every day, you know, you have them in the same class or they have different goals or in the same class. Is it some people you just know to push them harder or is it you kind of got to talk to each person, figure out their goals or you're, you're sort of always evaluating that in your head. I feel like you're always evaluating, um, all your members and you know, 
Some people are there just to get an awesome workout in. Some people are there because they want to compete. Um, and you know that. So you know, and everything's on an individual basis, I think. So I, how I set up my workouts when I program, like we have an RX and then we have an RX2 and RX3. And there's different, there's different weights associated with it. Sometimes there's different movements associated with it. But everything is still working that same muscle group. Um, and not every member fits into one category. So it might be, you know, you're going to hit something higher. I think that it's respecting the athlete's journey, you know, so exactly like what Ariane just said, you have to know your athlete, you have to know what their goal is, because we do have people that come in and, you know, they, they're like, oh, you know, I want to do better at local competitions. And then you get somebody that comes in that's like, look, I just want to be healthy until I'm 65, you know? So I think it's just evaluating and um, respecting whatever their journey is. And when you're coaching that class you you usually have the same athletes coming to your class so you kind of know um as an owner when we have a new athlete come in i try to talk to them they have like a sheet that they fill out that tells me a little bit about their life and about what they're expecting to get out of the program and what their goals are and that kind of stuff and so um i you know i translate that to my coaches and we all just kind of make sure that the athletes are getting what they want out of it and it's also good to, you know, touch base with your athletes. Um, sometimes it's like through class. It could be a quick, you know, how is everything going and everything. Or sometimes you'd be like, hey, do you want to sit down or talk on the phone? It all, Again, it's all individual based. But Agreed, you want yeah. everyone to feel comfortable and everyone to get, you know, what their goals are and achieve those goals. Yeah. When you're working with them, how do you handle... Uh, people that are dealing with like a lot of self-criticism or body image issues. They say, oh, I joined CrossFit and I was expecting to lose weight and now I've gained all this weight in three months and you kind of got to, well, you're gaining muscle or, you know, how do you work through those scenarios or it's just a kind of a deep conversation or? I think it's a process too. I think that when people first start CrossFit, I think that they are more, con maybe possibly more concerned about what they look like. And then I think that sort of evolves into being proud of what their body can do that they didn't ever know that it could do before. And so sometimes I think that that naturally kind of happens. It's not that big of an issue. I know that everybody has inner self-doubt and, you know, I, I think especially women are concerned about what they look like more. But I think that that gets less and less important. And I think also, too, nowadays with you know, um, social media and people really um, projecting positive body image issues and things like that. I think that that is dying down a little bit. I think it's helping. I think the biggest thing that you can do is always be positive. Like no matter what, like if they're, you know, very negative on their bodies and they're like, I can't do this. And it's like, try. And then they try it and they're like, shit I did it and that is the and they're just like okay and then they start building that confidence slowly and you see it and then they start seeing their body change and the muscles develop and and it's really amazing I have a number of members that have come up to me and they're like see these pictures of me and this is how I was and this is how I am now um, either it's gaining weight because they needed to gain weight or it's losing weight to be healthier um, so that's, I mean, how I do it, just small steps and letting them see like their progress. Yeah, sometimes that progress is slow. We always encourage that they take pictures when they first start because sometimes they don't see it. We can see it, but they, you know, sometimes they just don't see it. And so if they have a picture and sometimes if they're doing like their first couple workouts, I'll just take a picture of them working out 
and then in a couple months I'll send it to them so that they can see even if they haven't said anything because I just think it's kind of a nice surprise for them you know they don't realize it yeah I think um for me especially when I'm talking to women who have kids it makes it an easy um thing to relate to them how do you want your daughter or how do you want your son to feel about themselves and um, if that athlete is making a negative comment about themselves to kind of reflect back to them you know think about what you would want your son or your daughter how you want them to feel about themselves Um, sometimes we don't think about those things but our kids are absorbing everything that they hear from us and I think as gym owners too our athletes absorb you know what we say about ourselves so um, I do try to make everything positive even if I'm having a bad day personally I'll try to find something positive about that I think it's kind of cool to role model that for other people yeah I think it's really important to definitely keep everything positive and you know focus more on how strong are you not how skinny are you you know I think that super especially for young younger women who are you know kind of going through puberty and all of that kind of stuff I think it's really important to not focus on a number on the scale and focus more on what they are capable of doing I've always felt that for ladies the more you could deadlift the harder you are to kidnap (laughs) (laughs) that's very true (laughs) yeah that is true that is true That, that made me think of a question for our um, male athletes. I know one of the little like red flags or yellow flags that goes up for me is when a deconditioned male athlete comes into the gym who used to be an athlete. That's always like a caution, caution. Uh-huh. <laughs> Agree, yeah. <laughs> how do you guys handle that? They just want to load up the barbell and, and sometimes, <laughs> yeah, how do you handle that? <laughs> it is That is really, really hard because you don't want to – offend their ego but at the same time you don't want them to get hurt and I just think it's important to um inform them you know like and information is important and we're gonna get there you like we're gonna build this but for right now I need you to trust me and do what I say to do and I I think that that is you know we I deal with a lot of stuff with humor so I'm like look you ain't 16 anymore pal you know (laughs) and they kind of appreciate that so I don't know I I, we always go back to you know you're not benching 235 anymore so just calm down you know (laughs) I always sound like form is going to be first and foremost always so I'm like let me see your form and like put on a little bit of weight because you have to warm up. I mean, you just can't yeah. hop on to, you know, 400 pounds. Some guys I know they want that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. But I was like, just, uh, I mean, let's just see this. And so we kind of go from there and then slowly build up that way. Yeah. And then if it's their first workout, I'm like, you know, just, you know, you're good there. Like, let's, you know, try this out. Because again, if you haven't been working out and you jump into a CrossFit workout, a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, like this was a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be, either cardio or strength wise or both. Um, and I always tell all everyone who's new, I'm like, take it about 70% of what you think you can do and stay there. I'm like, then you can start adding on that intensity and that strength and everything. I like that. Actually, Kevin, I'm curious about you as a coach, how do you handle that type of yellow flag, red flag I mean, I always try to tell people, I don't care. I don't care what you move. I care how you move it. So I'd rather see someone move, move, like do a pretty movement instead of a heavy movement. I get more excited about that. But I mean, there's been times where, I mean, guys in particular, it's, it's hard. It's easy to get girls to ease off on the weight because I think they're, they don't care as much. It doesn't, 
they don't put their value on how strong they are as much as guys do. But I mean, there's been guys where a back was rounded and I said, Hey, you got to back that down. Like in a while, I'm like, you need to back that down. Weren't listening. Told him second time, wasn't listening. And at that point I was just kind of like, well, let God figure <laughs> it, it out. What like, it is. I, I've <laughs> stripped weights. I've, I've stripped weights. I've stripped. Totally. When that happened, yeah. I'm like, nope. I'm like, yeah. this is coming off because you can't let them at some, like at some point it's, this is safety is now a factor yeah. and you don't want them to get hurt. Have you made anyone upset that way? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Story time. Um, <laughs> without naming any names. <laughs> well, it's one of the guys who, like, he'd been there for a while. He knows what he's doing. Um, and, you know, he's going through the movements. There was multiple deadlifts in the workout. And he, over time, he just started rounding his back. And I'm, like, telling him, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. And he, it just wasn't happening. It was fatigue set in and everything. And I was like, well, we're just going to take this off afterwards. He was like, why do you, he's like, why are you doing this? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, I can't let you hurt yourself. Like, this is it. So, and I mean, he was, after the workout, he was fine. Like the adrenaline stopped and like, you know, he kind of realized where I was at. And I, I talked to him afterwards and I explained everything and he understood, but it was just, you know, I've never had anybody get mad at me. They're always like, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Have you guys ever been at the point, I guess, further down the line where you've actually had to like let clients go and just say, this isn't working out for X, Y, Z reason. And, and, uh, I don't want to say fire clients cause it sounds mm-hmm. terrible, but you know, it's what, it is. it's what it is, I guess. Well, I mean, are you asking, you know, because they weren't, um, following the programming the way that I just mean, was to? there ever a scenario where you had to say like, obviously they're paying still and everything, but you're like, look, this isn't working out, you know, and you'd have to. Well, yeah, I mean, we have. I, I can answer that question. And it's it's usually um, a situation where maybe that person is going to be happier somewhere else. Um, that that ha- is it sometimes. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just an honest conversation that um, their values are not meshing with our values. So yeah. um, We've yeah. had that happen. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had it where their values were not the same as our values and then we've also had where you know for various reasons the location works out better for them to go somewhere else or you know whatever I'm not mad about it I mean you love them in and love them on the way out and it's you know it is what it is right and at the end of the day you do a very specific thing and you try to do that thing well and it's not necessarily for everyone right exactly yeah absolutely I think um we have um and the main one of the main reasons was it was affecting the community yeah. and our members um and i try to stay away from gossip i try to stay away from anything that's going to cause uh clicks to form or you know i want everyone to i mean to basically get along um and if there's ever something that's going to hurt my community or yeah. members in general I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. But again, honest conversation, sit down with them, explain to yeah. them why what's going to happen. And at that point, they typically know um, or they realize that this isn't the best fit for them. Yeah. And, you know, you just sit down and talk. I think yeah. communication, I think definitely is important. Yeah, it's that's exactly what, when we had Andrew Hiller on the podcast. He said the exact same thing. He's like, you know, I try to shut down gossip as soon as possible. Yeah. Cause I don't want it's it to the gym. It, it's poison for the community. Right. And the gym's so much about community that. Um, it's important to handle that. Yeah. yeah. I've had people that try to gossip to me and I literally um, am ignoring what they're saying and continuing to talk and they repeat it and I turn around and walk out. I, I It's like a no-go for me. Agree. Yeah. yeah. I don't put up with any of that drama either. 
<laughs> CrossFit drama. <laughs> um, uh, I'll change it, the subject just a little bit. I think we're starting to see a movement in CrossFit gyms where I don't want to say they're getting away from CrossFit, but they're expanding a bit into other things. So, you know, they're adding yoga or they're focusing on, you know, teen strength and conditioning or just other niches, birth fit. Are there areas that you guys have expanded into or are looking to expand into or for now is CrossFit the main focus? We had yoga for a little bit and nobody really liked it. (laughs) 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 Apparently we're not very Zen over at Yorkville CrossFit. Um, But yeah, no, no, we, it just, it wasn't a class that went over well. We have a lot of um, yoga places around by us. And I think that that's what they specialize in and we just let them do their thing. There is that balance too of like doing what you do best. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, we're actually going to start adding yoga back in <laughs> because my members want it. So, but you're um, a yoga instructor. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but it's you know it's going to be like on a Saturday, right before like the partner workout that we have, um, like a 30 minute, more like focusing on mobility and flexibility. Um, and I mean, of course, we're hitting yoga poses, but that's the focus and people want that. Um, the other thing we've been discussing with one of our coaches, um, he is very into Olympic lifting and he's very good at Olympic. Brian is amazing. Brian is awesome. Um, and he's interested in actually doing an Olympic class. And so we're thinking about adding that on to members who want to, you know, get better at Olympic lifting. Um, and the other last thing is boot camp. um, adding on maybe a no barbell class is the other thing that's in the works. We have that. We call it oxygen. We have that. It's basically lighter weight, a little bit longer duration, um, a little bit more like that boot camp type of feel. And then we also do a like a strength and conditioning, uh, not so much strength and conditioning, but it's more of like a bodybuilding type of class. Um, we do that two days a week. And it's um, it's actually what we have found is that it worked out really, really well for people who have never really worked out before because they can learn some of those mo- movements that we do with just dumbbells so like a bench press or something like that i think that's interesting with you know crossfit so long i don't know if crossfit is really bashed bodybuilding but it's always been like the us and them right that crossfit gyms are starting to add bodybuilding back so i was talking with the owner of crossfit o'hare and he was saying oh we've added bodybuilding days on two days and we're doing curls and yeah it's just funny because he said well there's some you know muscles that don't get hit in crossfit and so it's helping to balance things out a little bit and you know they're not adding in like the bodybuilding posing and shows but some of the good (laughs) stuff of it is getting back and it it doesn't always have to be this like us and them thing absolutely and i mean bodybuilding's Part, some of the movements are great for accessory works too, like yeah. to do pull-ups, like, you know, do hammer curls to isolate those biceps or other things. So we typically try to do a day that's more conditioning and core focused, and then we'll do our workout instead of just doing a deadlift, back squat, et cetera, et cetera, strength-wise. I really like that because you can you give your members more things in their toolbox to where, I mean, someday they're not going to be working out with you anymore. And the more things that they know how to do, the more they can kind of make their own program. Absolutely. I like that. Well, maybe we should add a posing day. At, uh, Ooh. <laughs> you could get mirrors. Yeah. yeah. Mirrors. We need a tanning thing. And oh, wow. Oh, oh that, that reminds thing. me. But speaking of tanning, um, slightly off topic, but uh, Bryant has, we take dance lessons together. He got us signed up for dance lessons. And um, our dance instructors are trying to ask a lot of questions and learn about CrossFit. Like, it's a different sport. They want to learn more. And um, she said to me, I think I met one of the ladies who um, she does the tans before your competitions. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just looked at her and I was like, 
No. <laughs> it's not a competition. Else. That's my top priority <laughs> before I go competing. Yes, that's right. If you, right. Tan. If you got a spray tan right before competition, <laughs> and then you went and you were just lying down and you had like tan marks all over. Oh, like, yeah. oh my goodness. It's it's just a different world, right? Because like bodybuilding, it's all about aesthetics, and then the the dance instructors too. Same deal, right? It's like how do they look out there, right? So all that stuff matters. Where CrossFit, it's like, can you move the weight? Did you yeah, move it in time? Exactly. It doesn't matter how you look for the most part. Doing obviously, you don't want to be like rounding your back and stuff but right right we we don't care so much about the aesthetics well i think the aesthetic is in the movement in crossfit to where it's like if someone does a really crispy movement like that's that's it right there yeah Yeah. i love that that's my favorite thing in coaching too to do that little that uh hot moment like oh my goodness that looks so beautiful you did that so great Mm -hmm. get to we do that in our kids classes too we're like we're looking for beautiful movement today you know they like that yeah so in, in kind of related to that branching out to different areas, I've noticed each of the CrossFit gyms c- sort of get known for something, right? Or they stake out a certain territory, right? So when I think of CrossFit Alpha Dog, I think of like, it's the bros working out. You know, it's a very competitive gym. You go there if you that's what you're shooting for, right? Um, I know we focused a lot on families and new moms. Is there, when people think about CrossFit Mischief or Yorkville CrossFit, are there things that you guys from a like a I guess from a brand perspective are going for or want them to think about versus we're just another CrossFit gym I think for us well one my dog Buster I was like yeah that's their dog yep <laughs> he I mean he's our logo he's our mascot he follows me around all the time yeah. um and he's always there he's always welcoming everyone when they walk in the door um so that um and then also community. Like all my members know that like I hold everyone accountable. And if they miss a week, they are getting a text or a call from me. Or they'll like actually shoot me an email like maybe like five days in if they've been out. And they're like, hey, Ariane, just so you know, I know you're going to be calling me, but I've been on vacation or I've been here there if yeah. I didn't know ahead of time. Um, so I really try to focus on that. Community is everything. And I think the biggest reward or for us as owners is seeing that the referrals come in from family members and friends yeah. and having that build that community even more. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that um, like all of my members are like, hey, just so that you know, I'm going to be gone. So don't, you know, don't miss me if I'm in, you know, get the email because I'm always like, hey, you weren't here, you know, a couple days. Where are you about? Are you okay? What's going on? You know, that kind of thing. I don't know. Well, I don't really know if we're known for anything in particular. I mean, sounds like from what you were saying that you're really focused on the everyday person who yeah, might be intimidated. By yeah, I think way. so. Like, I think that we're pretty friendly, you know, like I think that we have a lot of athletes that are like I told you before, they were married couples and there's not I don't feel like when you walk into our gym that there's that intimidation that I think sometimes people feel like they might have and, you know, they walk in and you know, 10 people come up and introduce themselves and, oh, you're going to love it, you know, kind of thing. So I, I've heard a lot of, you know, feedback from drop-ins and stuff. Hey, your gym is so friendly. So maybe that's what it is. You know, I definitely agree with that because when I've done two of your Yorkville competitions and everyone was so welcoming and everyone was so helpful. Um, and all the judges were great. So that's good. I would definitely say that. Yeah. I'm proud. I'm very proud of that. I'm like proud that, you know, they all take responsibility for that and they know what the expectation is. And I don't ever have to say that they just, they all just kind of pick it up for me. So that's awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. 
I think we need to work on getting a good CrossFit mascot. There's something about having a nice dog at the gym. <laughs> yeah. You know? You can borrow I, Buster if you want. There you go. <laughs> but you know what's funny? It has to be the right dog. Because right. some dogs right dog. freak out at the weights dropping or you're going to like run out the garage or they're not good with all people. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, Buster was sort of raised in the gym, right? He was. So <laughs> the second day I brought him home from the shelter, he was in the gym with me. Aww, so it I helped. I love him. He's yeah. so cute. Every time I see his pictures, I'm like, oh, there he is again. Yeah. Isn't so cute. Is it Roxy? Yeah, she can't be in the gym. Oh, okay, She's yeah. That's how oh, our dogs yeah. are. Our dogs that would work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she would probably like it, but she's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> our one dog would bark at everybody and try to herd them. Well, that's what Roxy <laughs> does. Yeah. She wants to, if someone's sitting down, like, doing sit-ups or push-ups, or she's on top of yes. them. I'm like... Uh-huh. And then people are a little bit intimidated by her because she's a Rottweiler. So, you know, she's, she's a big she's girl. Cute. She's, yeah. she's kind of, you know, she's hefty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was wondering, just to take it back to being win- women business owners, um, the first part of the question is, how do you do self-care? How do you, because we're caring for people all day long and we're good at it. So how do you take care of yourself? Um, well, let's just start there. How do you guys take care of yourself? Well, I think that making sure that I get to work out, that's the har- one of the hardest things in my daily life is, okay, you know, like you've got all these things to do and I don't know how people work out at home because I, if I want, if I was going to, I'd be like, I got to do the dishes and now the laundry and I would, uh, there'd be no way. So staying at the gym, that extra hour to get my own workout in is one of my biggest things. <clears throat> and then making sure that I just take an hour or so every afternoon you know, just to kind of, I put away my phone, sit on the couch for a little bit, put my feet up and just kind of relax. And I think that, you know, sometimes I'll read a book or maybe I'll watch a movie or something like that. I just, I, you just, you need that little bit of time for yourself. Absolutely. Um, I would say working out is huge. I make sure that if I want to work out and I pretty much work out six, five days a week or so, depending on my body, um, that I get into a class. I want to be in class um, instead of trying to work out on my own. I will do it, um, time restraints, or if I'm trying to do a different workout or train for something, um, but definitely working out. The other thing, I try to give away, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, Brian takes all the morning classes. So that's my time to either you know work on programming or if I need to, like on Thursdays, I've got my stuff done. I'll go and, you know, just read a book, relax, go shopping, get a pedicure, do something that is not gym related and try not to think about anything um, and or, you know, do a mini vacation or something. Yeah, I definitely have like a routine. So like Arianne said, you know, she does Tuesdays and Thursdays. So on, you know, Mondays is when I do programming and on Tuesdays is my morning off and on Wednesdays, you know, so I have like that routine that I try to stick to as much as possible. And I try not to schedule things, you know, that are going to interfere with that. So I try, I just try to stick to that schedule and that just kind of helps me to manage that time a little bit. Do you both have a day that you're not in the gym at all? I'm not in the gym on Tuesdays. Tuesdays, not at all. Not at all. Sundays Sundays not in for the, the most part okay every once in a while I have to go in there but that's I try not to um and then if you were to mentor a younger woman or could be the same age but someone who's going to start a, a gym or a business um what what would you what advice would you have for them Ooh, I would say that to get your 
all your ducks in a row first and make sure that you've got, I think having a schedule is probably the most important thing. You know, make sure that you're taking care of yourself, making sure that you're putting yourself as a priority. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Ask questions. Find, you know, no matter what it is, sit down with different women business owners um, or anyone and just ask questions and kind of understand and wrap your head around what it's going to take, um, you know, the the emotional aspect of it, the physical aspect of it, how it's going to affect your family, how it's going to affect your friends, your relationships, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, be yourself. Don't try to do any, don't try to mimic another CrossFit or don't try to do something that you're like, well, that worked for them. I'm going to do exactly the same way because it's not. Everyone's different. And that's what's unique about CrossFit is because every gym is a different gym because of how the owners and how the coaches are. I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just wanted to add, I think um, my piece of advice is to kind of be a scientist and be willing to experiment because I think what we're all three very good at is being willing to try things that may or may not work out and kind of like look at the results and analyze it and say this worked, this didn't. Um, But that I think that fear of failure would hold someone back. You have to be willing to try things and fail. Absolutely. Agree. Yeah. You have to you have to be able to fail and just learn from that. Yeah. And not get down on yourself. Right. Yeah, exactly. And Part keep trying process. other stuff. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious, being the husband of a CrossFit owner, how are your husbands involved in the gym? Um, what do they do to support it? Or, or, or are they very hands off or what level of involvement? Um, Tom does all of our finances. So he'll go through every single month, go through everything. Um, and do that, like the accounting side of it and payroll. Um, that's his big part. Um, and then uh, putting up the rig, adding things on to the wall that because I can't hang things very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's taking me away from that duties completely, and I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah, Mark coaches. He coaches um, three to four classes a week for me, and then um, he's like my maintenance guy, so he's fixing stuff and you know, making sure that everything is, you know, fine tuned and oiled and that kind of stuff. So he does, he helps me clean. He really helps a lot. He, he'll go over like on a Saturday afternoon and run the floor cleaner and do that kind of, or he'll stop in after work and do it. So he's, he's always really good about helping. Well, I feel like a slacker now. Yeah. At least, well, I, at least husband, I run a podcast. Yeah. I got a podcast. Right, you got a podcast. Right. That's good. <laughs> so my husband uh, <laughs> does a podcast. Yeah, he does a podcast. Um, what's kind of cool is cause he, he started a business what would it be 15 years ago yeah now? something like that um 2004 so just from the pure business standpoint he has a lot of experience there and that's been helpful and he's in it so anything it related he's my guy and the other thing in all the websites it's probably across <laughs> the board for all spouses in, including um caitlin as, as kevin's spouse that that they are your go-to support person that um you know and hopefully we're supporting them too but if you know, we've communicated enough that he knows that if it's been two long days of coaching and I come home at the end of the day, the best thing that he could do, you know, my love language is acts of service, you know, so he having the kids being fed and the, you know, the dishes are done or whatever so that we can have family time. Um, that's my yeah. husband does. He makes dinner every single night of the week, whether I work or not. So I'm super, super lucky for that. And so while he's making dinner, I'll do some of the admin stuff or if I have to, you know, get an athlete put into the system or make phone calls or texts or emails, 
I'll do all of that while he's doing dinner. We usually get home like around 6.30 or so if we stay to work out. And then, um, you know, he takes care of all of that while, while I'm doing some business stuff. I think also too, um, I do this with Tom a lot. I will bounce ideas off of him. Um, I'll be like, is this a good idea? And then he'll bounce ideas off of me and we'll feed back and forth on how we want to do things. Um, so I think that really helps the business. Yeah. Do you guys have co-owners or silent partners or it's just you? It's just me. Okay. Tom and I own the business. Well, yeah, oh, me, Mark. Yeah. Okay. And then it's Scott and I. Yeah. Yeah. That was it for that question. <laughs> I didn't know if that was, I didn't know, so I wasn't sure edit, if it was going to go anywhere. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know, so it's always good to know. Um, you should loop that a couple yeah. times. I didn't know. Hey, running a podcast is just a lot harder than it sounds. From the podcast. <laughs> hey, I can't hang up rigs, so I got to do something. Um, I think the other thing to start thinking about we always sort of start to go here as we get near the end of the podcast is five to ten year goals so as you guys start to look ahead what are some of the areas you want to take the gym what are you looking for in the future yeah so i and funny i actually just kind of sat down and did my five-year plan i haven't done a 10-year but i did a five-year i don't know if i've got 10 years you know <laughs> but uh i think that what i mean i don't foresee not being in the gym because I really enjoy coaching and I really enjoy that part of it. I really do like coaching 5 a.m. It's, it's a different world at 5 a.m. because the p.m. classes are completely different, but um, the morning classes are kind of low-key and they're fun. So, I mean, I think that I would like, you know, to be able to still be involved in everything, maybe a little bit more hands-off where it's starting to kind of run itself now. I've got all of our coaches are in place and they do an amazing job of, you know, sort of supporting. They know what our mission is. They know what our, you know, what our goals are and stuff like that. So I think that, um, you know, having it just sort of hopefully one day kind of self-run will be, will, will be kind of nice. I think for us, um, our number one goal right now is space. We're already we're expanding and we need to get a bigger space. So starting to look for there and um, planning that out. Um, and then also potential, potentially putting um, Tom's business being the chiropractor under one roof with the gym. Um, that's one option that we are starting to figure out. Is this going to work or not? Um, but yeah, stepping away, um, still coaching, but stepping away from coaching, but being on the floor and still being able to walk around and help athletes yeah, yeah. while my coach is going, I love doing that. Um, so I think doing that more. Yeah, I, we, I agree with that. Mark and I have talked about that too. Like just being there more for the, you know, for the people just to kind of be able to come and talk to you and, you know, talk about what's going on with them and stuff and letting your coaches coach and then you kind of be that person that is, you know, sort of walking around making people happy. Yeah. I think our five-year goal um, – for the gym would be to bring on one or two full-time coaches. Um, that would be a big goal for us. Um, I definitely think I'm more of the admin idea person, getting things going. Um, so being able to step more into that role and um, less hands-on coaching. And I love coaching, but um, if you're doing it all day, for me, because I am an introvert, so if I'm coaching all day, I am... I'm wiped. I'm done. I have nothing creative left to to go with. So um, that is definitely a goal for me that we would be able to groom some full time coaches and um, 
be able to um, not be coaching all day, but um, be in and walking around, like you guys said. Yeah. So I was wondering if you guys have anything coming up in your business that you wanted to highlight, any events or something, anything special going on? We just got done in May with our competition. And so we... What's the name of your competition? Girl Fight Mm -hmm. is our female only, and then Cock Fight is our male only. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about changing the name, but everyone is like, don't change it. (laughs) Uh, And that actually came upon as a joke because somebody... Somebody at our very first competition said, now you have to have a guy's competition. And just off the cuff, I went, yeah, we're going to call it cockfight like that. <laughs> and they were like, oh, my God, you have to do that. And I was like, no, you could edit all that out, too. Sure. Um, that's a great story. No, that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably do a charity event this fall. Um, I, last year, we did dog tags and tail wags. And we donated um, all of the proceeds to that to the um, – there's a homeless um, shelter for, or a homeless, what am I trying to say right now? Homeless dog shelter? No, it's for oh. veterans. Oh, <laughs> for sorry. homeless veterans. Ta- you is, said tails. So t- well, it is for it's dogs too. With Take Two, right? You did that with yeah, Take Two. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dog Tags and Tail Wags okay. was the name of the event. Yeah. So we're talking about doing that again. That was awesome. I heard good things about that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we just got done with our competition. It was July 14th. And um, what was the name of it? Um, Rev- or Mischief Revolution. Um, at Revolution Brewery. Uh, so we've kind of wind down. So I'm kind of stepping back for a little bit and, you know, trying to take it a little bit easy um, after that. But I know in, we just got done with a, also like a donation because our members will post things. Um, one of our members, they had a family that were not getting a lot of clothes. And so my members brought a ton of stuff in for that, which was really cool to see. She was not expecting the bags of everything. Um, but we try to do that every once in a while, just help someone else out. Um, but you know, as of right now, we're kind of looking forward to starting that Olympic lifting class. That's going to probably happen in September into Mm -hmm. September. That's awesome. Yeah, for us, uh, well, we have the games coming up, which should be exciting. Everybody better be cheering for Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about that one rep max day? That's right? going to be that's awesome. It's going to be so fun. Um, and then after that, um, I think the next big thing will be, I think it's going to be an annual thing now, is our 24-hour Murph. It, that started as a joke um, as a result of me losing a bet was how it started. <laughs> but... Um, it was actually a lot of fun. Our so, athletes loved that. Yeah. They loved it. And they would love it if you did it again. They yeah. would definitely come. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, we just, you know, took some short little cat naps and, you know, did Murph and talked and did Murph and ate and did Murph and took a mm-hmm. quick nap. It was fun. So I think that we'll probably do that again. That doesn't make people think that CrossFit people are crazy at all. No, not, <laughs> no, at, all. not at all. No, no. <laughs> I remember when I told everyone at work, they're like, your wife's working out for 24 hours? Like, uh, <laughs> Like that straight. <laughs> that was fun. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the Thunderbolt Strength Podcast, and that's a wrap. <laughs>